0: Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner.
1: This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. I'm Cheryl Vesner, your dating coach, and this month I'm inviting to the show to be my co-host all month long Anne-Marie Duprat. She's a hysterical comedian and wrote the most amazing book, Ma Vie Amoureuse de Marthe, My Crappy Love Life. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me again, Cheryl. Oh, no, it's going to be so much fun, especially today. The show is all about getting back into the dating scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, that's kind of where your books stem from, right? You, yeah. you were in a relationship, had a crappy divorce.
2: Yeah. Uh, and yeah.
1: then... Here you are again. I am again. I'm alive and kicking, as we say.
2: (laughs) And I had to do that, the getting back into the dating scene. And That wasn't easy, but I survived, so I guess it's possible for anyone.
1: (laughs) You survived. I survived. Everybody does survive, but we all do it at different times, right? Some of us, it takes us one year, two years, three years to even start thinking about it. And there even seems to be a cycle. It usually takes around a year. And then all of a sudden, you're like bang, you're into that dating scene and people are going out all the time. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, I got to slow down a little bit and find myself.
2: Yes, serial dater is not good. (laughs) A serial
1: dater is not good. There are a lot of serial relationship people out there, you know, that really just want that relationship. But serial daters, well, you know, but a lot of people are serial daters for a while. Yeah, I think we all go through that. There's
2: a phase, but you have to end it at some point because you just get uh, all messy about it if you just do it too much, I I think.
1: Yeah, and and then sometimes even I see people they compare themselves to other people who are dating. You know, well they're all on a date every week. Yeah. Why am I not? Or like
2: it's a contest or something. Yeah,
1: you know, it's and, not. And there is no competition nope. out there. We all do it when we're ready to do it, and we all find our way to do it. Exactly. You know, so I can tell you, for instance, that this is. Um, Something I haven't shared with uh, my listeners yet, Ooh. but I will do it now. Okay, <laughs> so when I started dating online, I was on Match.com. That was the first one, and um, it was really a dare when I got onto it. And I, I the first weekend, I opened up my emails afterwards, and I had a lot. Yeah. Okay, let's just put a, a, a lot of numbers on it. and then. I had to kind of sift through it and I said, okay, only emails. I'm not doing the winks and the, you know, the call outs or whatever, only to emails. And I kind of scanned it. So I decided the best way for me was I had been told that the best way to date was the 45 minute, you know, just meet for a coffee yeah. or a little walk or whatever. So, totally agree. And I agreed with that because I, I I, kind of felt like I can't kind of waste an entire evening on something that I don't want to do I don't do that with movies so why would I do it in a date I go to a movie I don't like it I leave yeah you know so I'm not going to do that on a date so I love the idea so what I ended up doing was I only had one night a week it was really my night out and it was my dating night I went out whether I had a date or not it was my date night for myself and then what I would do sometimes is I would put two or three people that I had been in conversation with almost back to back yeah. So I would go to a coffee shop and meet somebody at three, yeah. somebody at four thirty, and somebody at six, because I just felt that I was maximizing my time. I had gotten myself dressed, yeah, I went yeah. out, and, You're and ready to date. So yeah, let's do and, it. yeah, and and it's kind of it was my own speed dating. I realized afterwards yeah. I <laughs> created my own speed dating, and and it worked because it it really helped you know move things along a little bit, and it showed me what I did and didn't want, and and um, and then usually I would meet somebody through that and, you know, get to know them a little bit yeah, and, and start dating it's from there.
2: Maximizing your, your time. And you know some people uh, will do that and tell the people, the the person they're meeting and some people will get insulted by that because they're like, oh, so you're seeing someone after me. Well, if you're seeing someone... Tomorrow, it's the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Just don't worry. If I like you, you're the one I'm going to see again. So it's okay, you know. Every person should should do it their own way on their
1: own speed. Right. Well, I, I have to. I have to be honest here. I didn't tell the person sitting in front of me. You know, I would just say after for 45 <laughs> minutes, I would just kind of say thank you so much, and yeah. I would walk out. And, you know, sometimes walk back in or, you know, just say thank you so much. I didn't do it very often, but it, this is kind of how I handled that. Because one thing is when it comes to online, very important, you have to decide if you want a pen pal or if you actually want to meet somebody. Yeah. So to me, I'm not going to go back and forth with somebody for, for weeks, weeks and, uh, until I finally meet them. No, I I think their profile is interesting. By the way, um, this is one of my safety tips and also one of my things for weeding out the Pinocchios. I call it the Pinocchios syndrome Skype with the person or FaceTime with the person
2: call hearing the voice is great too you know have something that really happens
1: more than just texting and just emailing so you got that email you're interested here you know what let's let's touch base yeah I like FaceTime because it's through Facebook so you're not necessarily giving out your phone number which is I think important um and then you also see the person because Which sometimes so yeah sometimes the voice isn't enough because you don't really know who, you want to make sure that they match their picture yeah. and i don't mean from an appearance point of no, view, right? right?
2: It's, it's it's about the energy also. Yeah. Sometimes you you picture somebody from just one picture, but then you see them move and talk, and they're totally somebody else. And maybe it works great right for you, but maybe it doesn't. But and you'd rather find out on Facetime than going downtown <laughs> exactly, having your hair done and stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's. One or two emails back and forth through whatever line you're on. Then you make a connection. I strongly love uh, Facebook and FaceTime, as I said. And then that's the time you make a time to meet. Yeah. So get on the date. Let's face it. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for relationships. That's why we're online. You you will have to go out of the house at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unless you want like this virtual relationship. And there are people who do that, but it's not about real relationships here. So same thing. Um, Let's talk about uh, some dating facts. I I love this. A recent survey was done by Match.com found people who use emojis more often... Also had more active sex lives. Yeah, I read that and was like, really?
2: Yeah, and I think I read that before and went also, really. (laughs) But maybe it has something uh, to do about it's people who express more themselves. You know, find t- taking the time to do so, and when you want to express yourself, and you need so, you need to do so. Maybe you are more open-minded or more sexual creative. Yeah, maybe, maybe creative. I, I think maybe that's the way to connect it.
1: I, yeah, well, you know, maybe the emojis are a little bit playful and a little bit more... Um, yeah, playful. Yeah, I think it's more playful, more expressive, and they are taking the time to not just write, but to actually go through. I mean, let's face it, on our iPhones now, the amount of emojis that are available to us are endless, right? Yeah, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> I, I know like Tree, but my kids know a million, so... <laughs>
1: I actually I actually uh, dated somebody and he hated emojis. Like okay. he would say, please don't send me emojis. I mean, in a nice way, but, and um, and we're friends now. So when I read this, I actually went, hi, how's your day? <laughs> I took a picture of the article. I sent it to him and then sent a whole bunch of emojis. You know? Yeah, You see, <laughs> you remember, like this is what it was all about. We were having yeah. fun, you know. But I don't know why people don't like it. When,
2: when it's too much, it can get annoying. Mm-hmm. But I know when I text somebody, one and there's none and I'm sending some, I feel like I'm so lonely, you know, like I'm the only one having fun and I
1: don't like it. It is playful as you said before. I think it's playful yeah. and I, I think that it shows part of a person's character but listen, if you don't use them it doesn't we still mean like you. We still <laughs> like you it doesn't mean that you're not playful, creative or sexual. <laughs> no, no, no no. It was just there you know, that a was match.com Yeah, it was a funny fact. I, I really liked it Another one is... Um, are dogs really a man's best friend? You know, so a lot of women are attracted to men but
2: who dogs. have their dogs. Oh. Yeah, but it, it's it's a nice way also to meet someone. You know, to talk about the dog. Oh, what what kind of dog is it? Blah blah blah. You know, it's it's a great way to just have a conversation going. I'm guessing. I know I don't really care for dogs. I don't dislike them. I just don't care for dogs, so I wouldn't go for a man with a dog. But you know, there's something nice about a dog and it means they know how to take care of something living, which is good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there's also the, the divorced men who use their really cute children at the park to meet yeah. new women. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, coming up, <laughs> no, coming up on Solo in the City, we're going to be talking to the divorce angels. You're listening to Solo in the City on Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm glad i don't see what you see when you
0: need someone to this is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
1: This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City and my guest co-host for the month, André Duprat, is still in studio with me. Yay! <laughs> and we have great guests here today. These are two women. Um, They started a company called the Divorce Angels and it was created offline by three friends. It's Marnie Skye, Mara Marcello and Shari Wagman who started this. They're not divorced themselves but they have really taken care of a lot of divorced people in the Toronto area. Uh, we're going to welcome Shari and Marnie to the show right now. Hello ladies. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, Shari, I'm going to start off with you. What sure. exactly is Divorced Angels?
3: Divorced Angels is um, well, it's a website and it's an online destination uh, which is a support network for people who are thinking about divorce, already separated, or in the midst of going through a divorce. And we offer. Um, a place for people to go where we provide them with a forum where they can talk to other people who are going through similar situation, where we provide them with professionals who we vet uh, to help them along the way. And that's everything from the legal and the financial all the way down to stylists and personal trainers. And, you know, we're just sort of providing a lot of information and resources to help people um, who are experiencing difficulties in this time in their life.
1: And I I can say, you know, bowing to you ladies, because I know when I got divorced, um, there were so many questions in my mind, and I had to figure it out all by myself. And that's one of the reasons I started blogging was because I felt, well, I'm going through so much, I want to share it so other people know what it is that I'm going through. And here are the solutions that I'm finding along the way. And I thought that would be the best way for me to share my experience. So um, let me ask you, Marnie, how did you come up with the idea?
4: So um, we've been sort of helping friends and family, close friends and family, along the way for years um, as they've gone through divorces. Um, we're in our you know mid forties, and it seems to be kind of the sweet spot for many divorces that are taking place. And we've noticed that our friends and family have had different issues, whether it's financial concerns or getting out into the dating world again. Um, everyone's kind of got these unique issues and we thought um, we've been – it seemed that all of our friends and our close family needed sort of a guiding support system to help push them out of bed and help get them going and help them find their sort of happily ever after. And so um, we thought there might be other people in need of this type of service. And when we started looking around online, we noticed that there was nothing really – one-stop shop there was a lot of like government forms and factual information but nothing that really dealt with you know both the emotional as well as the um, practical end of divorce and there's so many you know issues in between and we just thought why can't we be a one-stop shop for everything you need when you go through a divorce Um, and we thought we'd take our advice online
1: do you Do either of you or the three of you, do any of you have a background in psychology or what's the experience that brings you here?
4: No, none of us have a background in psychology. actually, I do, (laughs) (laughs) Marcia. Actually, I have a BA in
3: psychology. um, And, yeah, I graduated with a BA in psychology and I thought that I was going to pursue that path, but I chose a different path. And I ended up going into public relations and then into real estate. But... I don't know I just think we you know we all sort of have this background of just always being that friend that people turn to when things have gone wrong or you know asking for advice and you know just sort of been a supportive system i i the other partner, Mar Marcello, is my sister, and our older sister went through a very um difficult divorce probably about seven eight years ago and I mean, you know, we, it was sort of the beginning of, of starting to really understand the, the trauma that people actually go through. I mean, we, the three of us are not divorced, and so, uh, but we've been touched by people who have been divorced. And so when you're in the midst of it, as you know, it's like you just don't even know what you're thinking. And so having, you know, an, a, somebody who's more objective and who's there to want to help you and to not only help you get through the – legal aspect of it and 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 you know the therapy part of it and the you know helping deal with the emotions the kids go through but also just there's so much more it's just yeah like once you realize this is forever and now you're living life as a single person and what does that look like and how do you find your own personal happiness first and then a relationship second if that's what you're looking for and how do you change your life was just you know for me with my own sister it was just a, a real hand holding experience and i don't think that a lot of people do have that sort of if you don't you know if you don't have that network it can be a really hard place very to be.
1: very daunting area you're listening yeah. to the voice right now of Marnie Skye and as well Shari Wagman who are joining us from Toronto they are the Divorce Angels yet you are not divorced yourself so i want to ask you a question does that pose um a problem sometimes with some of your clients because i know for myself a lot of the people that come to me um they know that i can empathize and i have compassion because i've gone through it and they they actually you know bond with me because they know that we have something in common or is it that they're looking up to you because you seem to know how to do it right what do you think
4: um i think it's more of the first um so we do have a lot of empathy actually and um we, you know, I myself have been common law divorce. I was uh, with someone for over 10 years. And when we split, I had all the same emotions and fears that you would have if you were going through a legal divorce. I had to start over again and rebuild my life and reconnect with, uh, you know, lost friends and uh, rely on family members I hadn't relied on in a long time. Um, and I also, I'm married now. This is years later, and I'm married to somebody who is also divorced, and so I live with divorce every day. I have three uh, stepkids that are, uh, you know, product of the divorce, and so I see firsthand what the impacts are and um, what's required in order to move uh, forward. So I think I can really – I really can empathize um, with what people are going through, and I think, you know, at the, at the heart of divorce is um, – just the, the feeling of loss and overwhelming and um, the, the fear of starting over again. And I think we can all relate to that, whether we've gone through it ourselves or we know a oh, parent who has gone through it or has, have a friend or a sister who has gone through it.
1: 100%. So um, who uses your services more, men or women predominantly?
4: Well, we've only been in market for, um, about a month and a half. Um, we had a hard launch in January 4th and we've seen a real mix. We've had, um, you know, we've seen it trend a little bit higher to females because it seems that females, you know, just go online and ask for help a little bit more. However, we do have an online chat feature where people can reach out to us directly and we'll answer questions or they can send us an email and we'll respond to them and sometimes we even take it um, offline into an actual conversation um, if it's warranted. And, and those calls have been, a lot of those have been male, surprisingly. Um, males that don't want to burden their friends or don't know how to talk to friends. seems to be harder for, for a guy to, you know, uh, stereotypically go to their buddy and tell them what's going on. Um, and they have the same emotions they feel totally overwhelmed or they're worried about how they're going to deal with their kids on their own or how they're going to start again or how they're going to date again all the same emotions Um,
1: you're right because the fact is they have the same challenges and more because in many cases it is the woman who is taking care of the children on Mm a more regular basis and everything and then all of a sudden they have to be the hands on for 48 hours on a weekend or every second week or you know depending on what your situation is and I can tell you that even within the matchmaking world or when we do events it's much easier to get women to go out and and get involved than it is for the men and i I think i always bring it down to you know driving a car a man will drive five miles out of his way before wanting to stop and ask directions i mean we don't (laughs) have that you know (laughs) whereas women will will stop every corner and go are we on the right direction you know because we we want that security of and and we're not embarrassed to say i need some help here
4: Exactly, but I have interestingly. I goodness my goodness, for GPS though, no. <laughs> and uh, and he connected with a matchmaker on his own accord, who happened to be a friend of mine. Um, and you know, for for from his perspective, he was a busy um, executive, and he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to delegate. The responsibility. He didn't want to go online and surf around and figure out or go to a bar or like a restaurant and meet somebody. Um, He wanted someone to help him do the work. And so he used a matchmaker who to this day is on Divorce Angels as one of our um, key matchmakers because she connected us together. Um, But yeah, you know, men are faced with the same challenges we have on our our site services that are stereotypically geared towards men. We have, you know, nanny services on our site, um, chefs on our site, uh, nutritionists on our site, like things that men might need a little more help with when first faced alone uh, with their children on a weekend.
1: That's great. So that's Divorce Angels. You have a full-service menu. I mean, it's fantastic. So I want to thank Sherry and Marnie for joining us today on the show. I'm going to tell everybody, head on over to TV, Check it out because we are going to be having a special offer that is being done By our guests today, and through the Divorce Angels, so there is something that you guys can win out there. So, thank you so much, Shari and Marnie, for sharing your story with us and um, all that you do. Truly, angels, we appreciate you. Are angels? Yeah, great little angels. So flutter those wings and fly on (laughs) over to their site. And uh, coming up next on Soul in the City, our dating debate. How to get back into the dating game? You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. I heard about being you but I'm not sure. How
0: this is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio CJAD 800.
1: This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City, and it's time for our dating debate, Marie. Oh, I love debate. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. We're going to get in there and uh, just have a lot of fun talking about how to get back into the dating scene.
2: Yeah, so important. It
1: is so important um, well, especially after divorce and what we yeah. were just talking about with the divorce yeah. angels, right? you' got in the game. get back into the game. So I'm being joined here today with by Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to the show, Dr. Karen. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Um, you are a psychologist, speaker, musician, and as well the author of Single is the New Black. I love the title. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, Amélie Duprat wrote a book as well, and um, in English it's My Crappy Love Life, but in French it's <laughs> Ma Vie Amoureuse de marde." So <laughs> <laughs> you might want to check out her book as well. And oh, also, definitely. Yeah. We're also being joined by Evan Mark Katz. He's a dating coach and helps women understand men and also the author of Believe in Love. Welcome to the show, Evan.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. So let me just ask. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Karen. Do you think it's harder for men or women to get back into the dating scene?
6: Wow, that's a good question. I mean, it's hard for me to answer for the men, so I'm glad we have a a, a man (laughs) weigh in a bit there. Yeah, Um, I think it might be tougher... um, you know, I think, I don't know, I'm just going to say women, just because I feel like uh, we are still in this day and age um, where we're kind of battling that tension between being the strong, assertive, independent woman who goes after what she wants, but also wanting to be chased a bit, a bit pursued. And so there's a little bit of tension that we struggle with that I'm not sure men quite have to
1: deal with in the same way. Well, what do you think about that, Evan?
5: I I, I think... um. You set up almost, you know, an impossible hypothetical because nobody, you know, nobody here has been both a man and the woman getting back into the dating scene, right? So, so no one has the capacity to say who it's difficult for. I think you kind of you can look at it from any lens. Um, I might agree with with Anne Marie um, that if you've been out of it for a while, no matter what your gender is, you're going to be a little bit rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know many of my clients are mid-late 40s and, um, you know, got married for the first time when they were 27, and dating is really different, and, and, and um, the, the baggage of the people around you is different. It's just a lot more complicated, and so you're not going to be chased as much at 45 as you were at 25, and I think that's things. I think um, men are, uh, for better or worse, uh, more used to rejection from putting themselves out there, and I think um, uh, most of the women I work with have a really, really hard time with the amount of rejection that comes with dating and dating online in in your 40s and 50s.
1: Well, interesting that you talk about the chase and you talk about rejection because that is something that everybody is faced with. And women, you know, we, we don't realize sometimes that it's a lot for a man to cross a room and come over and talk to you. Every time they do that, they do put themselves in the position of being rejected. And that has to be hard. So you're right. I think there is certain... Elements of it being just as hard for the man because he has to conjure up that confidence to be able to go over rather than the woman who kind of sits and and waits for it to come. But he's
5: always had to have it. So in in that breath, I I actually think it's harder for women because um, they've never faced that kind of rejection before. And which, again, may be the elephant in the room. um, uh, Men and women are also perceived differently as they age. right?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's that's 100% true. But I, I do think that one thing is when, when you're in your 20s and, you know, later 20s, you're both in the same boat. Most people are looking to, you know, I, well, I'm going back to when I was in my 20s. You're looking to build a relationship, to get married, to have children. Right. But when you're in your 40s and 50s, you may not be necessarily in the same place looking for the same thing at the same time as the people you're meeting. And I think that comes into play, don't you? What do you think about that, Dr. Karen?
6: Yeah, I do think uh, because so much of, of a relationship that is successful and healthy is really two people wanting the same thing and out of life and out of their partnership. And, and I think sometimes we minimize that. I mean, I'm all a believer in um, getting the total package. I mean, I don't think we should settle for anything less. That's why, you know, my book is Singles so the New Black Don't Wear White Till It's Right. Really, at any age, I mean, you want the total package. I think most of us do. Robert Sternberg's a psychologist who talks about consummate love, which includes the friendship piece the passion piece, and also the commitment piece. I think we, should, we all want that at any stage of life. But I think you're right, I think uh, Evan's right, that when we're at earlier in life, that might be a little bit more simple because most people are assuming that, okay, we're going to partner up and we're going to have some kids and, and make a family out of this. And, and so, yeah, I think things get a little icier as we age.
1: Do you think that people make it a priority in their life when they're in their 40s and 50s to go out and meet somebody, or do they kind of let it just come to them? What do you think, Evan?
5: I think that's probably um, the, the biggest obstacle to people finding love um, is that finding love is not built into the structure of your life. If you work 10 hours a day and your friends are mostly married and living in the suburbs and raising their kids and driving to soccer practice and going to yoga retreats, where is the meeting men part of that? Well, it's, it's, it, it's not built in, so it really takes a conscious effort the same way it takes the conscious effort to go to the gym because you're not running around at recess every day.
1: Well, one of the things that um, we do when we're doing our coaching and, and our workshops and everything is we talk about looking at your everyday life and making it available to you meeting new people. So whether it's taking simple steps as to just talking to people when you're standing in line at Starbucks or you're going to the gym at a different time. If you always work out in the weight room, go to take a class. You know, for men, you do tend to go more to the weight room. So Jump into classes, that's where the women tend to be more. So sometimes it is as simple, as you're saying, making the conscious choice to being open and available and to receiving. Right, Dr. Karen?
6: I would agree, and I think we need to be very much more intentional. Like, you you make a really good point just about waiting in line to grab a cup of coffee, but what we're doing now, and this is something that is the technology piece that's factoring in, is that any moment where we feel a bit awkward, or I, I recognize I'm alone right now, making me uncomfortable. What do I do? I pull out my phone and I bury my head in my phone. And that, again, to the point we talked about earlier, for women, who want a man to approach them. The man has been rejected enough that he's a little bit gun shy about approaching you. Then you bury your head in the phone, which is sending the signal, no one talks to me. And so we're making even those day-to-day interactions that could possibly spark a connection. We're making them very difficult.
1: You know, I remember years ago when I was in my 20s, I was walking down St. Catherine Street, which is a main boulevard here in Montreal, and I'm I'm walking down, and I remember there was a man, and he was walking towards me, and he walked right into a post because he was looking at me, right? That <laughs> doesn't happen that anymore nope. because they're watching their phones. Yeah, I mean, exactly. so they're just watching down, and they, they nobody's looking at each other. We, we've lost that. So where do you think are some of the things that, you would suggest people to do, Dr. Karen, to put themselves out there again.
6: Yeah, I would agree with Evan. We have to be proactive and intentional, and so we need to schedule in. If it's a priority, we need to make it a priority. We need to pull out our weekly schedule and make sure we're we're embedding into our routine uh, some effort to meet people. And that could be um, very structured, like joining a meetup group or having a certain couple hours a day that I'm gonna hop online and get out there in that way or any other way that you can intentionally put that as a priority because it's, it's only gonna help and if nothing else you're gonna meet some other people who are in your boat like Evan was talking about you know if you're the only single person in your crowd and everyone else is busy with the kids at soccer practice at least you'll meet some other people who are in your same milieu right now
1: oh, well and what do you want to say about that Evan can you give a little piece of advice for our listeners? Oh my God, I could give a lot more than <laughs>
5: that, but I will only give a little piece of advice. Um, Just a
1: little one out there.
5: I, I, I like what Anne-Marie has to say, and um, you know, I, I've long been an advocate of uh, successful online dating. Um, if, we, if we liken it to the gym, you don't lose weight by signing up at the gym. <laughs> right. You have to go, and you have to go consistently, but it doesn't have to dominate your life if you if you put it, put on put it on your calendar, as Anne-Marie said uh, you know a half hour a day get online um, browse, respond to emails, initiate contact with a couple of people you'll be communicating with seven to ten people at a given time. one or two of those is going to turn out to be a date and Thank there's you. a lot of turnover you have to know what to expect when you're going in. There are certainly better practices than others you know about how to write a profile how to how to email people, how to flirt, how to understand what to expect from the medium and, and right. that, that's a It's a whole other science. But just the act of doing that, instead of hoping to run into someone at Starbucks or hoping to have a guy smile at you and approach you and be single and be emotionally available – Your best bet to find single people is a place where single people are going to meet single people.
1: Well, thank you so much. That was Evan Mark Katz. He's a dating coach and the author of Believe in Love. And as well, we were joined by Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril. Thank you both so much for joining us. And coming up, I answer your questions and tell you where to see and be seen with my Solo in the City events calendar after this. This is News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
0: You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
1: This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back, Solo in the City, and again to my co-host, Marie Duprat. Welcome back. So it's events calendar time. Yay! Yay, lots going on in the city, and one of my favorite things to do is to dance. So the Montreal Salsa and Social Meetup group is having a beginners class. Now, they always do this um there's a lot of different levels there and a lot of different partners. You change partners after every two or oh, three dances, yeah, so you get to
2: meet a lot of people that's nice
1: yeah it's great, so it happens at club six forty nine it's downtown and it's Monday night at nine forty five I have to tell you i've been there yeah I, I I love it because I love to dance, and this is a great opportunity and you know what even if you're you just want to get out, you have nothing to do. Grab your heels or grab your dancing shoes, guys, and get down there. You know, it's a, it's a great vibe. The music is sexy and yeah. fun, and people are just out there to have a great time. So, you know, this is not only about solo on, no, on this it's one. about you, you know you having can go fun. and have fun and just dance and the teachers are always fantastic that are available. So that's one thing that I strongly recommend and it's a great club too. And
2: especially in winter, you know, Salsa makes you feel like you're going down south or something. It's like a yeah. little vacation. So just that part is great to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and they get a lot of people to this event. Yeah? You know, yeah. I, I used to go quite often actually on Monday nights just to go out there and have a have a blast. So, so. if they go maybe they'll see Cheryl. Well you, <laughs> You just might. You never know. It is It is a lot of fun. Then the Montreal Singles Dating Events is having a ladies' night at Moomba in Laval. Ladies, you eat free after 7 p.m. with a $6 tip only for your server. This is happening Wednesday night at 8 p.m. again a really fun environment and also has that whole salsa feeling and everything so yeah yeah. it's a great
2: night free meal
1: free meal and the food there is fantastic yeah never been yeah Yeah. no it's great there's a lot happening out in laval yeah there there really is there
2: is we used to laugh about them but we should stop now because they got a lot going on (laughs) oh they have
1: a lot going on and by the way that's another great place to meet people that mall is so huge. Oh, Carrefour Laval? Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you know what, ladies? You can walk around, go into the men's shop and pretend you're buying a tie for your father. Ask somebody to help you. I mean, yeah. right? You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. And guys, you can do the same thing. Go into a woman's store and Why not? do the same thing. There's also great hairdressers out there. So uh, it's Nuva. Huge over there. I know. So, you know, go into hairdressers. Nuva has men and women there all the time. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to meet people out there. Uh, the West Montreal Singles. Plus 40 group is going to have a happy hour cocktails and conversation at Moza in Dollar Desermont. That's happening on Thursday night at 5 p.m. Then speed dating. Well, here we go yep. again, right? <laughs> You're, this time, you don't have to do your own speed dating like I was talking about <laughs> earlier. You can actually go to Speed Dating Montreal at Les Cages Centropolis in Laval again. Again. Yeah, we seem to be on the Laval <laughs> the, the Laval trend this week. So that's happening on Friday night, March 18th at 7 p.m. And Elite Speed Dating is also doing one of their evenings at Le Rouge Bar. This is for singles of All ages. So nobody has an excuse. Everybody can go have fun, interconnect with each other. And here's one, one thing to consider. You might go and you might be 50 and there might be a 25 year old who might be the perfect person for one of your kids. Yeah, you never know. Or the 25-year-old might have a single male, you know, fa- like a father or a yeah. mother to introduce you to, right? Somebody
2: to work with. You
1: never know. You, you stay never open. know. Stay open. So that's $25, and that's happening Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. So lots going on. Yeah. I've never done speed dating. Did Did you ever try that? Um, I did do it once, yeah. actually. And then, like I said, I created my own speed yeah. dates for a <laughs> while <laughs> when I when I was on Match.com. I used to do two or three at the same time, you know, in, within a day. So I was already dressed ready for a date yeah. and uh, took advantage of a short period of time and maximized um, my efforts I'm really curious about it maybe I'll give
2: it a try sometime well it's, well don't mean, tell my husband <laughs> <laughs> I <was gonna> say.
1: <laughs> not really fair to the other people there either you know no, it's fascinating to me anyway we're going to get to our dating question I yes. think you've got one there for me yes dear Cheryl
2: I just met a beautiful woman. There's just one thing. She's a smoker and I hate it. I know she's been trying to quit and I know it's hard, but I hate the smell of smoke or waiting alone at the restaurant table for her to finish her cigarette. I don't know what to do.
1: Please help. Okay. Well, smoking is a big one. Okay, big issue. It is a big issue for a lot of people. And that's why, for instance, on profiles, they ask about smoker, non-smoker. Yeah. Now, it seems that you might really like this person, uh, this woman. And, uh, you know, when you do get into a relationship, they say for the good and the bad, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so you can decide on two things. First of all, um, together, because this is a relationship, together, compromise. So, for instance, you're going out to a restaurant you know what, can you not go out for a cigarette? Can you wait till you get home to have your cigarette? I'd really appreciate it. I don't like being left for a table, uh, left at the table. And remember, you know, we were talking about another show about the masculine-feminine yeah. side. There's nothing wrong with you saying to the woman, this is how I feel about it. I, I don't feel good when I'm sitting at the table by myself. You know, I would really appreciate you not doing that. Can you not, you know extend the night and and do it later on but the fact is i know she's trying to quit it's a hard thing to do
2: very hard
1: um in a relationship you have to be supportive but she can't quit for you she can't quit for anybody else it has to be for herself so you have to decide are you willing to take the good with the bad yeah and then find ways to cover up the smell. I was a smoker once upon a time when I met my husband. I was my ex husband I was a non smoker and then I started smoking again. He didn't even know that I was doing it because <laughs> I took care, so I always yeah. smoked outside I didn't smoke around him Brush your I brushed my teeth, I always had you know floss and everything so and and I never smoked inside, so I didn't smell it so and that would be my suggestion to you. You're going to have to make a decision and um, you either stick by your woman or not. Yeah, and I think it's important to be honest. If you're a smoker, you should tell
2: the person upfront because right. you don't want to build something on the lie and then go, oh, by the way, I'm a smoker. You know, it's just disappointing. So be honest. And if you want to quit, just try and maybe they will be supportive as you said.
1: Yeah. Anyway, if you have any other dating dilemmas, call me at 1-844-744-SOLO or tweet me your questions using hashtag solointhecity. Thank you so much Anne-Marie Thank again you, for co-hosting this week. You're listening to Solo in the City. We're here every Saturday night at 10 p.m. on News Talk Radio CJAD 800. And remember, keep integrating social solutions because it's all about A kiss. See you next week.
0: For tons of great dating and relationship info, go to solointhecity.tv.